Welcome, and thanks for joining me today on Mortgage Manager Playbook, a podcast for sales leaders who want to improve their team's sales performance and originate more loans. I'm Pat Sherlock, your host. Today's topic is certainly an important one in mortgage banking today, the modern day sales blocking and tackling. And I have the perfect expert, the well-known and famous Bill Bodner. Bill is Chief Revenue Officer of Nebraska. He is also Chief Mortgage Market Analyst for Mortgage Market Guide, and I'm thrilled to have him. He's a feature speaker throughout mortgage banking. Hi, Bill. Pat, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited. This is such, this is right up my alley. I'd love this topic. So I'm glad that you're willing to talk about it and share it. And you certainly have seen everything in mortgage banking for many years. So let's talk about before we get into the main topic, how did you get into mortgage banking? Not like, like most people, you never really kind of come out of the womb and say, I'm going to get into the mortgage banking world. We kind of evolve. And so, you know, I look back probably a little over 20 years ago, I was tapped to help run mortgage market guide, you know, our market intelligence solution. And 22 plus years later, I'm still doing the same thing. Well, it's a small world. We all have similar stories, that's for sure. And certainly in your long career and successful career, what mentors did you have in your career? Oh, man, that's a good question. There's a couple I think of. One, you know, candidly, I look back to even just my upbringing and folks that I worked with, humble background. And I learned at an early early age, you know, if you just work hard, you treat people right and you do the right thing, things just work out. If people want to work with people they like, and if you just you do a great job and you do a you know you follow through, it just it kind of comes back to you. So those were always things I learned from like my mom, my grandfather, and and as we went through business, Jim Camp is someone that I always followed on you know just art of negotiation, getting people to respond, and so I would look at to him as as someone during my business life that that has a big effect on me and people that I've worked with. Well, you've accomplished so much in mortgage banking and are so well known within our industry and everybody loves to hear your forecasts and so forth. But what are you most proud of in your career? Probably the the longevity piece, Pat, you know, to, to be around, you know, 20 some odd years later and, you know, getting to, to speak at all these events, amassed so many friends, you know, you know I was out doing a, a presentation with Rob Christman, somebody who I looked up to and still look up to for all these years. I mean, that's been like the real gratifying be able to go spend time with friends that are clients and go be able to present in something that you enjoy doing it's you know you have to enjoy what you're doing and i and i certainly do so when you look at and especially you've seen everything over many years what trends do you think mortgage bankers need to take action on that they are not necessarily thinking about another great question you know we always talk about technology right and and our and our, and our industry is funny adopting technology and I think the big change in our space that folks need to be thinking about is artificial intelligence. It's here, it's at its infant stages, but it will be real. I've been playing around with it and there will be a spot where it's going to really make a big change in our life from a cost structure, but like originators themselves, there will be fascinating applications for them. And so they got to figure that out. They got to look at it now, start toying with it. Don't necessarily have to be the first person off the block with it, but absolutely get prepared as to figure out where this is going to sit in your business because it's, it's coming and it's coming fast. Well, I think it's a great lead into our main topic today about the modern day sales blocking and tackling. And so talk a little bit about what your thoughts on that is what is required to be successful today at the origination level. I think we got to go back to the old days. You know, I think over the last COVID didn't treat 
the labor market kindly. I think candidly, and, and I talk about this when I go speak, <clears throat> you know, we lost a lot of hustle. I think there was a lot of sales atrophy, not just in mortgage, but a lot everywhere. You know, you have a tough time getting people to come back to the office. So I think for the salesperson, not just in mortgage and housing, but almost in any field, if you go back to the old hustle, like I just said at the top of the call, you know, you work hard, you treat people nice, you do the right thing. That's all part of that kind of blacking talking. Just going back to basics, you could separate yourself from the from the field. And as you know, as a you know, an authority on sales training, sales is fair. And if you out hustle, you out learn, you out communicate, you're a nice person to be around. You can win the business. So I think you got to get back to basics, basic blocking and tackling. That's that's what we're thinking about and what we're sharing with our, you know, with our clients. So Bill, talk about this issue of the disciplines that you think that you see in the top producers. And, and it's not, I think, by chance, and certainly I see this in my own business, is that the top producers are successful for a very long time. So what are the habits that you think top producers actually have? We're actually doing a presentation on this at uh, Acuma, and you know I think about like these like habits, and, it, and when you think about blocking and tackling, one is being an advisor, right? Like not just a loan officer. And when I say advisor, you hear that term get batted around. You know what does it really mean? It's not just rates and the programs. You have to know all that. You have to learn how to. You know you have to be able to manage that and be an authority on it. But also, as you can see, what we're going through in this market in any market understand at least a base knowledge of the financial markets and top people go to that because whether you want to work with a real estate agent or you're talking you're a credit union or a member or you're in mortgage banking you can't just put on a suit and be an expert you have to be an authority and be able to tackle those questions answer them you separate yourself and again it's it's so easy because a lot of folks aren't doing it and i see it consistently over and over the folks that sign up to our mortgage market guide and it's like the chicken and the egg you mm -hmm. you can almost bet almost every company in the country has their top, you know, 5% of their LOs, many of them are going to be users of our product because they're you know, yearning for that. I need to be able to relate as to what's going on with the Fed, what's going on with interest rate, housing is now a good time. And that is over and above being able to navigate the programs and all that good stuff. So I think that's a big thing. I think obviously, you know, you have to be an excellent communicator. You know, there's short attention spans, you've got to like over communicate and it sounds simple, Right. Oh, let me just do that. But you know, a lot of people fail at. Mm -hmm. You have to be organized. You have to be responsive. You know, I'm. I think one of the things that have made me successful because I've also Pat have been in, in a sales role trying to promote our company. You have to be organized, and I'm not that organized. Like I could be better there, but I'm responsive. Like when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I think whether you're a client or a partner, you have to lean on that. I think being elevating your EQ and being a problem solver is a big deal. I mean, that can be learned. I think. You know, we always try to say in sales, we always try to say yes, right? We always try to solve problems. I think that sounds basic, but it's true. You got to be disciplined, you know, hardworking and disciplined. You got to stay at it. And I think that's that's the part that you can really outshine your competition without, you know, just just changing your habits. So those are, you know, five things, I think, just being a mortgage advisor, an excellent communicator, organized and responsive, a problem solver, and just disciplined. So Bill, you raised all great points and I'm interested in your thoughts of, and I agree with you 100%, that the, the financial world, and especially in, particularly in mortgage banking, it is shocking to me. And of course, I used to be an ex-capital markets person. How many people <laughs> do not understand 
the capital markets. And I just find it not just at the loan officer level, but actually at the management level. So why is that the case? And and what do you see? You're right. And by the way, I didn't know you were in capital markets, but that's very interesting. Yeah, no, I was capital markets. I was uh, on Wall Street at different points. And I look at at the science of people similar to the science of pulling deals together. So, but yes, but I'm curious of your thought because I see it all the time. Well, it really is. It's fascinating. And for me, like if I were running a business and like I would, that would almost be a foundation. Like there's no way you can actually talk about mortgages without understanding what drives it. Right. And what the, the thing that I hear is, well, I don't need to talk about rate, right? I don't need to talk about rate because I can't control what they do. And that is just a cop out. My goodness, that is not. And it didn't answer the client or the partner's question. They're coming to you, Pat, with a layup. It's like an underhand softball toss. Pat, what are mortgage rates doing? Right. And if that's what you say, like, what are you going to say? Dance around it? Or how about you say, listen, we're having a tough time. Debt, U.S. debt's really a problem. That's why rates haven't come down despite inflation being you know, less than half of what it was a year ago, just that two second narrative, all of a sudden I'm different than 99% of the folks out there. And it just doesn't take that much to do. It. And it's something that we do at MMG every day, right? You just can feed that so that they can regurgitate it and be the smartest folks in the room. Well, I recommend everyone, if you haven't joined, if you haven't really signed up for for MNG's information, you need to do it. It's, I agree with you. It's a basic in our industry because we're talking about money every day. I mean, that's really what we're asked to do. I am also interested, Bill, in hearing your thoughts on the artificial intelligence and how that will in, impact the world of the originator in particular. I think for a business, first off, I'm going to take. I'm thinking about the business as a whole. It's going to be very disruptive in customer service. I think during the loan process is where the salesperson is really going to see a lot of muscle coming in behind them and, and being able to remove a lot of tasks. So I think that the salesperson can focus on you know, sales and presenting. How do I get you in the boat? Because once I get you in the boat with me, a lot of great stuff is going to happen through technology. So you're going to have to be more of just warming people up, getting them to like you, make you make yourself a rock star, make yourself an advisor, be a doctor, and then just put them on the table. And all of a sudden, boom, they're going through the funnel with a lot of much more automated than we could ever imagine. Because the way I don't know a lot about artificial intelligence, Pat, but from what I understand in my reading, because I am fascinated by it, the, the way it processes, it's like it's off the charts. And we're only at the infant stages. It is going to be able to put together a loan and do all that stuff. So we're not going to need loan officers to do that. We're going to need great salespeople that can develop relationships. And that goes back to life, right? Like people knocking on doors and creating business. That's what it's going to come back down to. I agree with you 100%. And actually, I've used it a few times myself. And it is fascinating, especially I've used it with the podcast where you can have that the basically the the AI does the translation of the podcast. And so it's incredible how accurate. Well, that leads to my question about it does seem that in the past, and you have been in the industry a long time, we've overvalued, well, we didn't overvalue, but we had basically people that could structure loans and so forth. But you're raising the question that we truly need salespeople. And I think sometimes what I see is that lenders really don't understand what a salesperson is. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think in this market, it's funny you say that, I think in this market, we're finding out who they are. You know, in a tough market where you have rates 
you know, we'll go through the third year. By the way, just a market thing. Like, this is the third year. It's, if, if the year ended today, this would be three years in a row that rates ended up higher. It's never happened in the history of our country. So that almost begs that like, when you have declining rates of 40 years, which is essentially what we had, mm -hmm. and we move to an environment where it goes up for three years, it kind of washes out and thins the herd. And so, I'm, you know, many clients that I talk to, you know, many friends that have originators, you know, you, you see, in fact, they use terms. I've, I've seen one out there. It's kind of crazy. They use the term relevant loan officer to describe someone that's doing a deal a month. And I think, you know, uh, it, yeah, right. So it's like uh, it's going to kind of work itself out, Pat. And, you know, I, I, they're going to have to get people to perform differently or they're going to have to self-select. And I think that it's going to be the market's going to determine that. I, I think it. I think the market was so frothy for 18 months between 20 and you know 21 mm -hmm. that it just developed a lot of bad habits, and those habits are going to bear themselves out because because of the, just the increase in rates. I think the market's going to turn towards the people that are real rock stars and, and reward those who say, "I'm going to figure this out in a different way." Well, I agree with that completely, and it is interesting to me, and I'm interested in your thoughts when you actually look at the setup within our industry, roughly, you know, the, the top 10% of the 20% are certainly profitable loan officers, but we have this middle group of this other 60 to 80% that fall into the category of being really customer service reps that are pretenders when it comes to selling. And as a result, this is what holds back in, uh, the industry. I don't know, and I'm interested in what you think, Lenders need to address this issue of recognizing sales as a high skill set, and we need to develop people and find people that have that talent set, and that's always the catch-22. I agree with you 100%, and I'm seeing it more and more. The, the It's funny when they say, let the market solve it, right? They always say, let the markets kind of, let the free market kind of figure it out. We're, we're going to figure it out now, and I see a lot of friends that are fantastic sales leaders like yourself that are sorting it out. And you know, sometimes it's coupled with some some maybe tough decisions that you have to make with 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 people. And they only recruit folks like to your point, you know, you like you look at some of the I go back in time and I look at some of the um, you know the great decisions like that leaders would make and they would they would they would cut out like the bottom piece just so mm -hmm. they have top performers. You're seeing that and that's what real operators do. So besides getting the loan officers to be better salespeople. I think that's going to happen. They also need sales training and sales leadership to play a part. And I think a lot of those folks that are out there, you're seeing a lot of that get thinned out too. You're seeing a lot of middle sales leaders, like you said, that don't know the markets, that are not necessarily bringing, you know, enough value, right? It's a tough market. You know, how do I, how do I justify in, in a market where there's margin compression? It's so darn tough. You know, those sales layers are getting cut out. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a lot of people, whether it be in sales leadership, sales training, because they got to fire up this, this staff and they have to be even more productive uh, than ever before because of what's being brought upon us with the market condition. So do you think, and, and Chris, you've seen it over the years, and one of the arguments that I make is that when we move to this uh, organizational setup of the producing manager, we're asking that individual to be the trainer, the coach, the recruiter, and also, hey, you better produce loans because we can't support you. So does it lend itself to economically, does any of this make sense anymore? What I see happening a lot in our space, Pat, is not just a lot of outsourcing. You're seeing it in technology for sure. 
right? Sure. There's, now there's such a demand for lower cost. It's okay to have a guy be a top producer in like a, a face, but to have that individual be a sales trainer, how do you do it? It's like, how do you do it? Can you imagine like when you're in baseball, like a player manager, it's like, how, are you, how do you do that? That's why you don't see a lot of player managers in baseball. I need right. someone to lead the team. And if he's out there playing and building, building business, great. But I can't rely on you to inspire the team and, and do that. And so you're going and you see marketing. You're starting to see, you know, fractional shares of CMOs out there. You're starting to see sales be how do I inspire my sales to be in a different level? That's a whole other perfect industry. It's happening in technology. And the market is demanding it because of the pressure that all lenders are under right now. They gotta be lean, they gotta be mean, and you have to outsource a lot. And gonna, it's gonna happen with technology, marketing, sales leadership, a lot of that stuff. Well, I agree with you. And we'll see if the, the industry seems to be hesitant to do that in many ways, because I, I talk to lenders every day, just like you, and yeah. they still are under this magic of trying to find the person that can do everything. And you have to ask the question, is that even possible to be a good producer, a good trainer, a good recruiter and all of that? So the fundamentals seem to to say that it's pretty tough to find that type of person for sure. So, yep. So, so, Bill, I don't have, I can't let you go without you talking about how you see 2024. It's a great question. Thank you for asking. So, one thing I would tell everybody listening is we have to remember there's some sayings in the market. One is don't fight the Fed, right? Don't fight the Fed. They, they're, right now, they're saying they want rates higher for long. But what I would remind you is back on the beginning of February, like literally the first day of February of, of 23, Fed Chair Powell said, the disinflation process has begun, and that's a good thing. And Pat, what he meant, what he was saying when he said that is basically like, now inflation's coming down, let's celebrate, and we're probably not going to be hiking that much more. This was February, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of bad stuff has happened since then. And that was, by the way, the lowest that mortgage rates were ever in 2023. So they couldn't have been any more wrong. So the what I would leave you with, some of you folks, is like the Fed is telling us this, but the Fed is a very bad forecaster. Now they're going to say, we don't know if there's gonna be a recession. And so what I think is is going to happen, it's a bad setup, Pat, frankly. You know, there's a lot of bad little things out there. Stuff starts to work out, but I, I really do believe that interest rates are going to start coming down at the beginning of the year, or maybe even beforehand. And they may come down a lot more than many think, because I think the economy is not as great as many are saying. I'm seeing a lot of things that concern me. It's credit card debt, you know, auto loans, uh, the student debt repayment, you know, the, the strikes. There's like so much bad stuff. It's just very hard for me to believe that the economy is so strong that rates are going higher still. Because there's an old saying, if something can't happen, it won't. And when I see the housing market struggle with the 10-year note at four and a half and mortgages at seven and a half, how the heck are they going to go higher? They're not. We're already seeing people walk away. So that means we're getting closer to the end. And the only reason why the Fed is not saying we're done is because he doesn't want the stock market to celebrate. He doesn't want you know, have 10 year note, the two year note yields go lower and maybe kind of reinvigorate inflation. So they're probably gonna overcook it. I don't see a recession of something of really tough magnitude because we still have unemployment at 3.8%, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I do see next year being a much better year, much better than the last 18 months. Uh, but it's still going to be tough. The next few months are going to be tough as we work through it. I, I mean, it's tough to be very optimistic about th the last third of the year, but it can change quickly. And I think that's what's going to happen like it did in 2018. 
Pat, 2018, everybody said the Fed's going to raise rates four times in 2019. And, you know, and everybody, it was just the Fed. It was Bank of America. It was, you know, uh, Goldman Sachs. And seven months later, they were cutting rates. The same movie is probably going to play out. Well, I don't disagree with you for sure. We only have a few minutes left, Bill, and you've covered so many important topics. Would you like to share a couple of takeaways for our listeners today? Well, you know, I think as we went through this, uh, you know, it, it, we can't control the market, right? I, I, I get to go out and I get to talk to a lot of people out there. And you should be remain optimistic because the market will turn. It's it's you know this has been a rough 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 time. The good news is if you're a salesperson looking to compete, the herd is going to get thinned, right? There will be a lot of opportunity. And what I get really excited about for our space is we watched it earlier this year. Obviously, as rates ticked up into the seven and a half, it just it just we just froze, right? It's almost like a double dip recession in housing. But when the rates were different. Six months ago, right? Because this this mess started in April. Rates have been going higher since April. Back in the beginning part of the year, we were seeing incredible activity with a downtick in rates. And I really don't think we need rates to get into the fives. We just need stability in the low sixes. And as the economy slows over time, that's coming our way. It's going to come our way, right? Because we can't afford otherwise. So remain optimistic. Go back to some of this stuff that you do. By the way, in sales training, Tighten up your chops. Get back to it. Learn some of the AI. I mean, everything we just talked about, I think it's a lot of neat stuff. But be optimistic that this market's going to change because it will. And while it happens, you know, get ready for the turn because it will turn. And we were seeing a taste of it in the spring. I mean, it was a flurry with just a little bit of interest rate relief. And, and that's the part that gets housing going, Pat, because, you know, there's a, there was a report out there. For housing affordability, we, need, we either need a 60% increase in wages. Well, that's not happening. Or we need... Housing prices to collapse 30%. Heaven forbid that happens. Or we need rate relief. And rate relief is the ticket. It's not going to go back to 3%. At least I hope not because that means something really bad. But it's going to come down. And it's going to make for a good market. Well, I want to thank you, Bill, for sharing your thoughts. And certainly, I say, everybody, you need to connect with Bill. Certainly, he's the expert in this arena for sure. And certainly, you need to check out his technology. It's fabulous for sure. Highly recommended. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Mortgage Manager Playbook. The podcast certainly can be found anywhere podcasts are available. And you can catch up on episodes by going to Mortgage Manager Playbook. Thanks so much, Bill. Thank you so much, Pat. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Manager Playbook. You can catch up on all our episodes by subscribing to receive each week a new show. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and team members. If you're looking to increase production, call me to discuss my prospecting sales training program, Ramping Up Realtor Referral Sources. Check out my website, www.patsherlock.com.